Of all the forms of inequality, injustice in health is the most shocking and inhumane. Martin Luther King Jr. In this podcast, we talk about influential things in the city of Tulsa. If you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you'd know our wide range of topics from tornadoes to saints. Today, we'll be covering the topic of racism and an event that destroyed the lives of many African-Americans. Welcome to Tales of Tulsa. We are your hosts, Ainsley Leonard, Genevieve Fernier, and Darian Curry. We have a very interesting topic today and plan to teach you something new. We have so much planned for this episode, so let's begin. Dick Rowland. When you are told this name, what comes to mind? Who do you picture? Well, Dick Rowland was involved in the infamous race riots that took place on May 31, 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This event changed the course of history for Oklahoma, but also for the country as well. It was a pivotal point in our nation's history, and it brought the issue of racism in our country into the light. Before this tragic event, you must know the state of what time this was in. Before this massacre on Black Wall Street, there were lynchings and a large surge of the Ku Klux Klan, otherwise known as the KKK, which you should know as a white supremacist group along with their racism. The black community has always had to be careful of what they would do or say from their race alone. But after time came up for Dick Rowland to step into that elevator on May 31st, 1921, they became afraid to even go outside for fear of death. According to isreview.org, multiple acts of racism, including lynchings, were enforced during the Jim Crow era, encoding white supremacy and racial hierarchy within the state and country. Intimidating the black community was key to oppression. An additional story involves a card from Durant in 1911 from the same isreview.org. A mob of white, 500 white men lynched a black man already ridden with bullets. His body was tossed on a pile of lumber and lit a flame for the whole town to see. The whites called it coon cooking. So what actually happened for this tragedy to start? We found on history.com that on May 30th, 1921, Dick Rowland walked into an elevator. Soon after, a scream was heard from a young white elevator lady. Most people assumed he had assaulted her, while he really just accidentally stepped on her foot or ran into her. Soon after, he was taken to the courthouse to be arrested. Seventy-five black men who tried to protect him gathered guns, but 1,500 white men trying to take him also carried weapons. So what happened next? A shot was fired. The massacre began. An eyewitness named Buck Franklin decided to share his message in the Smithsonian Magazine, and it tells of the chaos that ensued during the massacre. He describes, I could see planes circling in mid-air. They grew in number and hummed and darted and dipped low. I could hear something like hail falling upon the top of my office building. 
Down East Archer, I saw the old Midway Hotel on fire, burning from its top. And then another, and another, and another building began to burn from their top. Additionally, Tulsa was highly segregated at this time. According to History.com, most of the city's 10,000 black residents lived in Greenwood, aka Black Wall Street. Within the 18 hours of the race riots, white Tulsans who were officers, deputies, regular citizens, given weapons by white officials, stormed into Black Wall Street for blood. They committed numerous acts of violence, such as shooting an unarmed black man in a movie theater. It was on June 1st that thousands of white Tulsans looted and burned homes and businesses on 35 city blocks. According to a later Red Cross estimate, 1,256 houses were burned. And on Britannica.com we found from only two days, this massacre produced around 30 to 300 deaths, destroyed 1,400 homes, and left nearly 10,000 people homeless. usually taught in the public school system. Yet, it is important to learn about because it brings awareness about the racism that has been prevalent in the country for many years. It shows how racism continued to be an issue after slavery and even in a small town like Tulsa, Oklahoma. A lot of times, history books choose not to talk about these events in order to avoid uncomfortable events in our past. Yet, it is important to learn about these events so that it doesn't happen again. Despite desires to move forward and not repeat history, racism is still alive through active violence and microaggressions today. One big example of active violence is seen in police arrest and brutality. According to NCBI, in 2020, racism was highlighted in this alone through the tragedy of George Floyd. According to the BBC, George was outside of a shop in Minneapolis, living peacefully until he was pinned to the pavement by the white officer, Derek Jobin. The officer kneeled on his neck and he, ple he pleaded with the officer to get off of his neck so that he could not breathe for 20, breathe 20 times, seven minutes, 46 seconds. Yet, circling back to Tulsa, in the last year or so, G.T. Bynum has started looking into what happened in these riots. According to the Washington Post, Bynum wants to dig where the massacre took place in order to find remains of bodies in order to learn more about what happened on that horrible night. While there has been much controversy on whether this should be done, Bynum feels that it is the only way to truly uncover history and make known about what happened. The race riots haven't been taught in schools until recently, and many Tolsons have grown up knowing nothing about them. Biden himself, Biden himself even claims that he had no idea that the massacre had occurred until the last 20 years, and he and his family have grown up in Tulsa their whole lives. With new research, we can learn more and make the stories of those who were affected by this tragic event known. Yet According to History.com and Britannica.com, to repeat, 36 dead, 26 black, and 10 white. However, according to historians' estimate, the death toll may have been as high as 300. The Tulsa Race Massacre stood 
as one of the deadliest riots in U.S. history, behind only new, half of the New York draft, no, behind only the New York draft riots. Today in Tulsa, you can still locate the area of Greenwood near downtown. As you walk along the streets, you can see old buildings. That, that you can you can see old buildings and plaques that signify where buildings used to be before they were destroyed in the race riots. Are you guys Gardino's class? No. No, okay. There, were, there is also a historical fiction book written by Tulsa author Jennifer Lapham called Dreamland Burning that talks about the riots and how it connects to Tulsa today. While we know this is a heavy topic to discuss, it's important not to ignore the past so that we don't make the same mistakes in the future. The Tulsa Race Massacre is a large part of what shaped Tulsa today. We hope that we've discussed today what will, that will stay with you and that you'll go out of your way to fight against injustice in your community. In your community, what can you do to inform others about the dangers of racism and put forth action to reduce it? Comment your answers on our website. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week when we talk about the Trail of Tears. We would also like to thank our sponsors, Bishop Kelly High School and Tulsa's government. If you would like to see, our, we have donations list on our website and what you can do to inform about racism and also some serious causes about the police brutality and some donations to help those in the prison systems who have been victims against racism. We have also links to different websites in different cities and what they have written about racism as well and what they, can, what they have done in their communities and what you can do as well. We thank you again. I, Darian Curry. Genevieve Frenier. And aim for Leonard. Hope to see you next week.